Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bromcast, Earthrealm's ultimate Mortal Kombat podcast. Transom, uh, we're going to have to get you to re-record that intro and actually beef it up, right? Welcome to Realmcast. I mean, really, put some power into that, you know? I agree with this, 100%. You know, Shao Kahn has ordered you. Yeah, that's, that's an order. <laughs> you need to. This is a great show. Welcome to the Realmcast, Earthrealm's ultimate Mortal Kombat podcast and the official podcast of Mortal Kombat Online. Oh, much yeah. better. Much, much better. <laughs> I am Shao Kahn. The true shall come, and I welcome you, pathetic worms, to the Realm Cast podcast. Now, join my armies, and together we shall conquer Earth Realm. Prepare yourselves as we plunge into the depths of the Mortal Kombat multiverse, bringing you well-known and significant members of the Mortal Kombat community. I'm your host, the Mortal Kombat Phantom, and with me as always is my co-host, our lore master, Yanni. Welcome, Yanni. Thank you, Phantom. This is the Realmcast where every warrior has a story to tell, and today's combatant is Bob Carter. Welcome, Bob. Uh, hello, hail, and bow before the power of Shao Kahn. <laughs> Bob, before we really get into everything... Could you kind of tell us, where did you get your first introduction to Mortal Kombat? Funny, you should ask that. Um, in all seriousness, when I first started working, I mean, this is, you know, I was, what was I, 18 years old, 19 years old. I was working at a, a music and record store called Turtles, right? Turtles Music and Records. I got my first paycheck, my first entire paycheck. And I was all excited, and so I was going out with my friends to go party and celebrate. And we were going to go bowling because it's Friday night and have a good time. And I heard the sound as I was putting on my bowling shoes. The sound that just made me turn around and say, oh, my gosh, what was that? And it was, <laughs> right? And it was Mortal Kombat. It was reverberating throughout the entire gaming section of the bowling alley, right? Like, you know, the entire arcade. And I was like... What is that? And so, of course, you know, it drew me over to the game. And then when I watched what was happening, I was just in shock and awe. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this game is insane. It's incredible. What is it? How do I learn? How do I play? And the guy playing it was like, pay-per-view, buddy. It's pay-per-view. You, you want to learn how to play? You got to pay. And I blew my entire first paycheck in my life on Mortal Kombat. The first paycheck I ever made, I blew the entire thing that entire weekend learning how to play Mortal Kombat. And from the classic first game, 
Raiden and Scorpion, of course, were my mains. Nice. Very did solid they remain choices. Your favorite characters, or did you switch it up? Well, eventually, of course, I learned how to play a lot more. But I'm just saying, in terms of the first game, Raiden, Scorpion, and Liu Kang, and then Goro later on because Goro was awesome, and uh, and then MK2, all of the above, plus a little bit of Nightwolf and Lobo as well. So, but yeah, I like all Nightwolf. Right. So you, the, you the, go the all into the video games, even Injustice and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I thoroughly have always enjoyed Mortal Kombat. So. Do you have any favorite Mortal Kombat characters now that you've, like, since your originality, kind of, you know, you've voiced some and you've, you've been some, but do you have a particular favorite? Of all time? It would obviously be Shao Kahn. But besides that, um, <laughs> I'm still partial to Raiden. I mean, in all seriousness, man, the electricity, the electric teleport, the, the you know, the throwing the fireballs. Also, I'm a huge fan. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Big Trouble in Little China. So, of course, oh, you yeah. know, the three storms, without question, you know, that's always been closest to my heart. How about, how about a favorite Mortal Kombat game, then? Through all the different iterations. Ooh, MK9. In all seriousness, because of the way that they brought it back, the way that they brought the story back, and then the fact that, I mean, as a fan, it, the fact that they really brought it back, you know what I mean? And really in, in, in reincarnated the entire franchise. But then, obviously... I benefited because it was a life achievement to be not just one, but two of the characters, right? I mean, Shao Kahn, mm -hmm. final ultimate boss, and then Baraka. You over yeah. just <laughs> Shenatinian, right? Tatatan Honor. <laughs> but then also uncredited as a few other characters as well because of some of the voices and things like that that I did. But uh, yeah, it's all good. But MK9 was amazing. And then I got to say, I loved... I mean, I liked Kotal Khan, but he was too weak. <laughs> and so I really did enjoy. I mean, really, uh, I, I did enjoy the fact that Shao Kahn came back and, you know, and beat him. It was, it was a good storyline. And then in all seriousness, the fact that they kept it fresh with MK1. Now, I obviously, I wish that I had been part of the franchise, but I understand. You know, I mean, when it comes to castings and things like that, there's always a business involved. There are always many different reasons and and, and rationales in terms of who gets cast and why and all these different things and logistics as well in terms of schedules. And so fortunately, I've had a strong enough career that I'm still working, still booking phenomenal characters, still booking amazing projects and, and IPs. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously still in the industry. That you are. And I mean, as you just mentioned, it's, it's, you haven't actually returned to the game since I think Mortal Kombat 9, but you just you did just say you have some uncredited voices. Firstly, I'm curious to hear who those potentially are. I don't think that I don't think I can say because okay. of the fact that I'm uncredited <laughs> and they use some of my stuff to like polish up some of the other characters' voices. But I can say that even when I wasn't able to get on, it's just sorry about that. My dog is just locking up. I wasn't able to get on Injustice, for instance, because of the birth of my son. But you know, priorities. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then for NK1, even though I wasn't able to make this one work out, I'm still a part of a huge project that just finished. Like I just wrapped recording yesterday and they said that I could finally announce it. So I'm excited to make that first public announcement, uh, later on in this interview. So that's exciting as well. Oh, awesome. Yes. Big teaser, really big cool. teaser. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very. As, as far as, uh. Mortal Kombat X and Mortal Kombat 11, is there any reason you didn't return to the franchise uh, for those two? Timing. Honestly, it's timing and, and yeah. scheduling. And 
like I said, anytime it comes to casting, there are any number of different moving parts, you know? So what I can say is that I am proud of the fact that my voice has stood the test of time, where even when other people have compared all the different voices of Shao Kahn, the fact that mine still ranks in the top three, top two, oh, yeah. honestly. That's what I was about to say. Like, of, of all the Shao Kahn's, you are up there. And <laughs> yes. I, for, I mean, obviously, it's a different take on Shao Kahn as things go. The story yeah. evolves, the character develops, yeah. etc. But yeah. for me, your MK9 yeah. Shao Kahn voice was just... Yes. I will say this. I am planning a parody series about how Shao oh. Kahn has become Dad Kahn. And, you know, I've got three kids now, so I've got two daughters and a son, right? So in terms of, you know, this is what happens when you have a big ballady, right? Katana, Mylena, and Luke Kang, right? <laughs> you know, what do you think happens to the babies? Now I'm stuck with them. And the fact that my wife has pink hair, so, you know, Sindel got a mom cut. And then, uh, oh, matter it. of fact, I said that I was uh, also partial to Nightwolf. And so, of course, you know, you're going to have to feature him as a dog in terms of the bestiality. You know, oh my God. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to correct animality. this one as animality. Yeah, animality. Yeah, yeah, just... yeah, actually, like, so they're like, that's wrong. Animality. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, Shao Kahn living in a small town, living in the suburbs. And, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about it, but I've got to do it just right. So there's going to be mm-hmm. just a whole series of montages of like, you know, wearing the helmet, mowing the lawn, wearing the helmet at work, wearing the helmets, getting, you know, like cooking and doing the whole family thing, you know, movie night, you know, all of the, all of the above. So it'll be a lot of fun. Justice, will you please stop walking around? Come here. Come here. Sorry about that. My dog's excited. <laughs> right down. So yeah, my dog's That's name great. is Justice. So. <laughs> I used to, it should be Nightwolf. <laughs> right. I thought about it, but I, I couldn't get away with it with the lights and that kind of stuff. But my next one, my next one. Although uh, we so, do have a murder cat as well. So kind of turn it back the clock a little bit. Was there a specific moment or experience that kind of pushed you into the world of voice acting? That pushed me into the world of voice acting. I've always loved voiceover. I've always loved animation and cartoons and video games. Yeah, there are a couple of moments. I will say this. Dragon Con, my first major convention. And it's amazing. Uh It's absolutely one of the best cons out there. I was in college. uh, Again, just a couple of years after, you know, I discovered Mortal Kombat. Um... One night, I'm walking around in the, the, the bowels of the hotel, and I find the movie room, right? You know, the anime movie room where they're showing all this stuff. And I walk in, and I see ninjas leaping through the trees. And then I see a massive double-bladed sword go cutting through the trees. And then, of course, like the, the blood falling on the leaves like rain. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? Ninja scroll, right? So it was absolutely yeah, amazing, awesome. right? I mean, just a classic movie. So between that... And then I was also in radio as well. I kind of ended up getting in radio and a couple of the guys that I worked with were extremely successful in terms of, well, voiceover. One was Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, George Lowe. And the other was Keith Eubanks, who was the voice of alternative radio all over the world, you know, that kind of thing. And I learned about voiceover from them. So then I said, I want to be a voice telling. So I drove over to Cartoon Network's front gate because it's here in Atlanta. And I said, I want to be voice talent. How do I do that? And they said, you can't do that here. You've got to go to LA to do that. And I said, hmm, I'm still going to learn. I'm going to be voice talent. So I learned from one of the, the instructors here in Atlanta. There was a lot of commercial and corporate voiceover back in the day, but not a lot of animation or video games. And so I learned commercials and corporate narration 
And then I ended up moving out to Dallas, Texas for radio, where I ended up being on the air in the afternoons and then doing creative imaging as well for the radio station. But I was always also into improv comedy. And so when I moved out to Dallas and did a lot of improv comedy, now here in Atlanta, we've got Dad's Garage Comedy Theater. It's absolutely brilliant. I recommend it for everybody, even if you're just visiting the city. And then in Dallas, there were some fantastic improv comedy groups. There's Ad Libs, which was where I worked. There was um, Section 8, which is where a few amazing anime actors have worked. Uh, Chris Rager, Josh Martin, Mike McFarlane. So Mike and I became friends. He invited me to do some wallet sessions. Uh, I ended up getting into anime and then have to acknowledge four day weekend. There are some pretty good guys there too. Uh, but then when some of those amazing actors that were in the different anime circles wanted to get into more film and TV, they ended up going out to LA. Well, some of those LA actors that wanted to get into anime came back to Dallas. Um, Talis and Jaffe was one of them. He directed me in a series. And then, uh, when he was in LA, the opportunity came to audition and work. And so that's when I ended up booking Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. And so to be in two of the most iconic fighting games of all time was just absolutely amazing, right? So to be Balrog and Street Fighter, and then of course, Shakama and Baraka, those are iconic characters, right? Absolutely iconic. I mean, it's just the fact that you're in both Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter that really stands out to me. Like, yeah. literally, like, <laughs> two of the top yeah. fighters possible. And yes. yeah. you've, made, you've made certain characters your own, pretty much, with your Oh, absolutely. Promises. Thank you. And, and, and they're extremely <laughs> but, popular and powerful. And if we're talking about yes. those kind of characters, again, I'm proud to say that many of the characters that I've done are some of the best fighting video game characters. I mean, I'm also... Bojack and Sin Shinron and the Dragon Ball franchises, right? Tenkaichi and Fighters and Z and GT. I'm also mm -hmm. Chuck, one of the trainers in Pokemon Masters. So even the Pokemon yep. franchise missed out on Beyblades, but that's okay. I'm going to keep auditioning for those. And then I <laughs> can now quickly here. There you go. <laughs> Got to catch them all. And then for PC gamers, I'm again, another three iconic characters in Smite. So for those who are in esports, I'm Odin. Olorun and Atlas, three of the most powerful characters from separate pantheons, and all of them were cast nationally, internationally. So to actually have, you know, booked them against all the other wide open talent was honestly, it was it, it, it's a privilege and an honor. And I genuinely appreciate the characters that I've been cast in, in terms of my career. And now I can even start talking about this new game that is going to come out December 15th. And it's the tell reason us. to buy the MetaQuest 3. I'll tell you guys in a little bit, but I've been working on this for about a year and a half. And okay. oh, so to be directed by Keith Farley, it's just amazing. And to be a part of this franchise is just unbelievable. So, so it's on VR. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be the reason to buy the MetaQuest 3. As a matter of fact, you, if you Google it right now, or if you search, you'll be able to see what the game is. So it's going to come bundled with the MetaQuest 3. And um, let me say, this is like, you remember when Halo came out, it was the reason to buy the Xbox? With yeah. this, I mean, so this is the reason to buy the, the MetaQuest 3. And it is amazing from the things that I've seen, the things that I've been a part of for this project. This is why I was not, this is why I wasn't like devastated and crushed when MK1 came out and they didn't ask me. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah, yeah. pretty exciting. So 
Yeah. Well, I mean, have you found it yet? I've, I've been teaching. Okay, good. Asgard's <laughs> Wrath Two. So I'm very, very excited oh. about this. Yes, Asgard's Wrath Two, and it's from everything that I've seen, it just looks amazing. They've taken VR to a completely new level. You know, I mean, before it was, you know, I love VR. Obviously, you know, it's it's really good, but this is this is. This is another it, another level. It was on the uh, Oculus before, wasn't it? The, yeah. for the first Asgard's Wrath. Yes. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. yeah. And this is going to be major. So this is coming and bundled coming with out it. December fifteenth. So. December fifteenth. Yeah. I'm very very excited about this. That's I've been awesome. sitting on this one for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Um, and who will you be playing? Can you tell us that, or is it plot related? With that you? I don't know if I can say yet. But they said that I could talk about the game and I could talk about it coming out December fifteenth. So, but I'm All actually right. two of those characters as well. So, oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, now I have I to do. keep an eye on a MetaQuest 3 for myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. You know, you mentioned some of the anime that you'd worked on and, you know, you, you like Dragon Ball, even like JoJo's Bizarre Adventures and stuff like that. <laughs> Is there, you know, much of a difference on how you basically portray yourself? Uh, like like the process for working on anime versus working on video games? Sure. In all seriousness, anime is much more difficult than video games. So, for instance, with video games, even though there might be timing, right? You got to match timing with regards to, you know, if it's a fighting game and it's already been recorded in Japanese and then here it's going to be, you know, you've got to match it down to like a tenth of a second. That's still easier than doing anime because the anime... Think about this. Not only is it already, it's, it's, it's already been drawn, right? You've got to match yeah. flaps down to the 30th of a frame, right? The 30th of a second, because, you know, it's not just 24 frames per second anymore. Now we've got HD anime, right? And again, when you get into that whole argument of subbed versus dubbed, you know, let's, let's be clear. We put our lives and our passion and our imagination and creativity into this, into the genre. So we are dedicated to getting it right. And then you have these quiet, understated geniuses of sound and also the process who are so good at what they do. So think about this. When it comes to anime, we don't get to see it in advance, right? You know, we don't, we don't, yeah. I mean, we might know the series that we're working on, but we can't talk about it. And generally you can't see it in advance in advance because it's a simul dub. So let's say that I'll get to see the shot in the original Japanese. So I get to see the take once, and then that's to make sure that I get the timing down. Then the second time that they play it, that's when I'm recording, right? So it's my first take. And then I might get a second take if I didn't nail it the first time. But again, to have the emotionality, to have the acting expressiveness, especially when, you know, body language is 80% of how we communicate. So when you take away body language, that other 20% really needs to be there, right? The expressiveness in the voice, the, the, the actual dialogue of what we say. And so we've got to make sure that we're getting all of that there. And then also the, the, the intensity of the scene, right? Whether it's punching, kicking, reacting, that believability. And then to do that with only one or two takes and then to move on. And then again, to have the entire process so turnkey that it can be released within two weeks of recording. That's where simul dub, no, no other industry can even do that, whether it's video games, movies, live TV, sure. But, but nothing produced, right? Nothing. I mean, maybe a live podcast, right? Live streaming. But even then, you know, if you're going to actually like film and record your scripts and all that other stuff, to be able to put all of that into that experience, anime is tougher than video games. 
Um, don't get me wrong. I love video games. And of course they're strenuous, but anime is even more strenuous because it's so intense and it's so compact. And because again, you've got to go from the roars, the yells, the, the, the battle noises to also the, the expressiveness, the emotionality, the drama, the plot twists, and the different characters, because you're going from studio to studio working on different projects. So. I mean, just all, all of what you just said, bearing that in mind about how it can be so difficult. I mean, obviously the argument of sub versus dub, as you mentioned, but then to, to, to bear that in mind when it comes to dub and also to understand the fact that you were in Full Metal Alchemist, which is as two characters, which is considered arguably the best dub dubbed anime there is, I think. Well, it's one of, yeah, you're going to get into these, all these different Arguably. arguments, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's up there. Obviously I'll think it's in the top five, definitely. And then, yeah, you know, so again, um, you have some of the best anime of each generation, right? Because there are different generations. So to say that I'm in some of the best anime in multiple generations, that is amazing. It absolutely is yeah. amazing. And then not just that, but it, when you start looking at my anime series that have been fortunate enough to be a part of, a lot of the things that I do tend to be more adult or more mature. And so then you start getting into some of those shorter seasons and series, right? Where it's one season or two seasons, but the content is deeper and it's much more impactful and intense. And so for instance, um, everything from like Licorice Recoil, which is amazing. I was just going to mention way. exactly that one. Thank you. <laughs> Without question, that is one of my favorite series that I've done recently. It just, it blew me away because not only was I one of the main characters, right? Vika, but I'm also what, when, and again, he's compassionate. He's, you know, it's like that fatherly figure who looks after his team of, of teenage girl assassins, <laughs> right? Which again, it's It sounds in, so weird when you say it like that, but yeah. <laughs> I know, but again, it is, but he looks after his, you know, he looks after his girls but it's filmed in HD anime. So again, the action is amazing and vivid yeah. and incredible and intense. And then the plot twist as well. I mean, it's, it's very well written. And then what people don't realize is that not only was I, you know, one of the main characters, but then because of my voice, I'm also a lot of the guys that get shot and thrown off a catwalk and beaten by all these uh -huh. girls. So again, it's so it's like, you know, you get, you get the furious acting, but then you also get the, you know, I'm going to thrush you. And then the, the, and all that crazy stuff. So yeah, it's a fantastic series. I absolutely am very, very proud of that one. And then also things like odd taxi, which was critically acclaimed. Obviously, you know, I get to do the fun stuff as well. Like I'm in Mashal. I can talk about that. I can talk about, um, yes, Mitch is great. Demon King Academy. Yep. Thank you very much. Also <laughs> Demon King Academy. I love that one. And 84 is really good. And I'm missing, I'm, I'm forgetting some, but they've been really, really fun to record. Right. And again, working with the, the team out of Bang Zoom Studios has been incredible. And my directors and editors have all been amazing. And so, like I said, being able to do anime and to be just to be a part of so many different series is a blessing. And so that's where it's important to be expressive, right? And to not just sound like this all the time, but also to have range where you can sound high and happy or shoot whatever it is, you know? So to have like crazy range is, is, is a blessing and to be able to work like that is really good. So now I will tell you guys this, um, when it comes to, to Mortal Kombat specifically and doing the voice of Shao Kahn specifically, uh, this is one of my favorite stories I love to tell at conventions, by the way, in terms of where I came up with the voice. Who are your best friends? Like, who are your best friends that you talk trash when you're playing video games? And I mean, you know, it's like the, 
the the things you can't say publicly, right? To your like your brother, <laughs> your cousin, your best friend. Imagine I had gone on a twelve match run against my best friend Bill. All right, back in the day we were playing Soul Caliber, and I mean I was just absolutely destroying him, right? <laughs> And again, you guys are generally, you know, like when you're growing up playing video games, you're usually evenly matched, right? So the fact that I went on this 12 nothing match run was amazing. And so that's where the, <laughs> it's official, you suck, came from. <laughs> because when I said that to him, he got so angry, he took my uh, PlayStation controller and he smashed it into the floor, shattering my joystick, right? Shattering the controller. Now, again, there's the shock of, oh my God, you you know, you jerk, you shattered my controller. But at the same time, that level of antagonism, I knew there was something special about that, right? Yeah. So I made sure that I put that voice in Shao Kahn because of <laughs> the level of antagonism that he needed, right? And you guys know, MK9 is another level of overpowered oh, boss. Yeah. So again, you can't just button mash and try to beat that. You have to become a better player, right? You have to learn every move in whatever character you're mastering's arsenal and then you still have to master timing you literally become a better player because of that now i have a theory of the greater the villain the greater the good must rise to overcome that villain right so if i could be the best villain i can be then i can make the world a better place because i'm creating heroes so by the time these people finally beat shao khan i mean you know, I love going on YouTube, but to this day, still watching some of those rage quit videos and the tears and all that other stuff, right? All that frustration. I can still hear Shao Kahn <laughs> shoulder charging and throwing spears at me. And yes, exactly. I can yeah. still hear it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Also, tuned up. That was a word that was in my best friends in our game. You know, we're, we were gamers. And so we had our own world and our own role playing games. And so we'll like, so tuned up. That actually came from our continent in uh, in the game that we had made but again all those little things so now imagine hearing my voice the <laughs> it's official you suck and knowing where that came from originally and then having to hear it while you're playing mortal Kombat. oh it drove bill oh. crazy it drove him crazy <laughs> and to this day it's hilarious and it's just oh it makes me happy it really makes me happy he probably <laughs> broke so many more controllers after that yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes you know you you mentioned how you kind of came into voice acting from, you know, showing up uh, at the, the studios for Adult Swim in Atlanta. How did you go from there to getting involved with Warner Brothers with their recreation of Mortal Kombat? So again, auditions go out. And as I had been, it's all about circles, right? Life and success are all about getting into different circles in terms of getting access to different auditions, getting access to meet different directors or different studios or different production projects, being exposed to those people who can hire you. And so I was very fortunate, like I said, because of the people that I worked with at Funimation, because they were also in LA and of course them working with me, they, they knew what I could do. You know, they heard the range that I had. They heard the ability that I had the power in my voice. And again, when it comes to being like anime voice actors, people don't realize anime voice actors, the voice is a muscle, right? Just like any muscle, it has muscle memory and it's also got power. And anime voice actors are some of the the most the, the, the most versatile in the business in the entire industry and the strongest in the industry. Because again, to be able to sustain that level of 
action or intensity or animosity or subtlety. And to be able to do that on command and on demand is, is special. So when the opportunity came to break into those new circles, I was able to show what I could do and legitimately book those roles. So you're mentioning earlier how, you know, portraying Shao Kahn, in my opinion, you really captured that same essence that Mortal Kombat 2 had with that Shao Kahn portrayal that, yes, you know, that I want to rage quit, but I can't because I've gotten this far type yes, of thing. And I've got to beat this guy. Oh, I want to beat this yep. guy. Exactly. Right. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. Very proud. So for those of our fans who, you know, aren't familiar, just to recap, you played both Baraka and Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat 9. How differently did you approach the characters between these two different character types? I mean, they're they're very different. Yeah, they are. Well, again, Baraka was much more of that kind of, uh, much more of that, that savage type of voice, right? So immediately, it's all about the the non-boogles, right? It's all about the, the snarls and the snorts and the... Right? The more monstrous type of voice. Yeah. But that's also... Honestly, it's, it's more simple. I don't want to call it simplified, but it's just more direct, right? It's much more of the monstrous voice. Shao Kahn being the final boss and then also being a little more human, but at the same time having inflection and authority and all the emotionality and the intensity, the, the arrogance, and then the, the power, right? Again, all those things, mm -hmm. I had to be much more subtle and much more direct and much more focused with Shao Kahn. And so that one was the, the voice that honestly, um, I felt it was much more challenging to do because it's more nuanced. And again, mm -hmm. to this day, it still holds up. So I'm very, very proud of that. I mean, just the way that you've just described Shao Kahn is exactly how your performance comes across. That's one of the things I always Thank say you. about your performance as Shao Kahn in MK9. It, yes, he's just, He's, he's big and brutish, sure, right. Brian. Powerful. You know, he's actually very intelligent, powerful, confident yeah. in that power. Yes. You know, and, and that's something that really does shine through. Thank and you. And I Thank feel you. is, not, this is not down to the, to, to the voice actor for Shao Kahn now in the later games. Right. I don't think it's down to him. It's more, more as a directionist writing. That's something right. that I feel is missing now from the, mm -hmm. from the character of Shao Kahn, which you captured perfectly. Thank you. Well, again, remember... Yeah. Story is the most important thing when it comes to any project, right? Whether, no matter what it is, you got to have that story. And so MK9 had a very, well, it had a, a powerful story. Don't be wrong. I love 10 and 11. And then MK1, I like all the stories of all the Mortal Kombat games, right? I mean, they've all got excellent stories. But in terms of Shao Kahn, that character and that development, that's the, the way that I brought to it. The one thing I wish MK1 did was not use the processed voice. They could have gone with a different voice. You know what I mean? You know, obviously yeah, yeah. you can always add to it, but it just, it doesn't resonate with the same kind of intensity and the re the, the genuine authenticity that I think yeah. that Shao Kahn needs to have, even like general Shao, you know, I mean, they could have gone with any number of different people and just like taken off, you know, like the electric, the digital processing. So that's, that's one mm. thing. But other than that, again, I love MK1. It's an awesome game, totally immersive and, and just great story. So fun well, to watch. Speaking of the story. I mean, before we do get, I, we definitely want to ask you about Mortal Kombat 1, but <laughs> just before we get into that, you're obviously saying that you're into the story and everything. How invested were you with the character stories and their backgrounds of their lords at the time? Well, again, I've always loved Mortal Kombat. Always. So again, I was a, like a, full all in into their stories. You knew everything. Yeah. Yes. That, yes. That, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, like again, Mortal Kombat, I'm the demo. So 
You know, I mean, I've, I've built entire campaigns off of Mortal Kombat and, you know, that's one of those fun exercises for me, you know, to, to, you know, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons, whether it's Pathfinder, whether it's honestly even Star Wars, right? Coming up with different yeah. aspects of all the different characters of Mortal Kombat and their abilities, you know, using those for inspiration. Uh, I got to give a, a shout out to Tulak the Barbarian, because again, he's done a phenomenal job on YouTube of recreating all these different iconic uh, pop culture, you know, heroes and villains and doing it in the 5e style and the format. Um, but in terms of being invested in those stories, yeah, absolutely. I love the Mortal Kombat world. I love everything about NK, all of it, you know, even when it got a little silly and got kind of goofy, I even loved it then. So, you know, it, but, you know, I, you can't recommend it for everybody else, but again, it's, you know, it's still for you. Remember, Big Trouble Little China is one of my favorite movies of all time, right? It's not like you can recommend that to everybody, but for those who know it and love it, those are my people. Well, I mean, we, we, we say this to when, when it comes up really on the show and we love the passion. The passion is one of the most important parts yes. for yes. us, for the people involved in the franchise. So it's perfectly, it's amazing to see. But yeah. with that passion, with that knowledge of the characters and the story itself, were you given much direction to work with when you were recording or did you have a, something in your mind that you just said, no, I'm doing it? Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, Ed Boon was there and, you know, they're, they're directing and they're, they're, you know, describing the story, but at the same time, you know, I've grown up with the characters from Mortal Kombat. So I have a, I already have an understanding of what he wants, but then it's a matter of taking what he wants and then bringing that to life. And so that's where I was, you know, I was uniquely positioned in all seriousness. I mean, again, I'm fully invested in Mortal Kombat, know the story, grew up as a video gamer on Mortal Kombat, right? I've always enjoyed the Love franchise, it. loved the Mortal Kombat movies, right? Well, the first one, the original still amazing to that, to this day, right? Notice how the fight scenes still hold up. That's because of Robin Chow, right? As Liu Kang, I'm sure you guys know the story about how he came like from Hong Kong fight choreography. And so he gave yep. that level of authenticity that it needed. I still have a problem with uh, Sonya Blade being cast in her, but anyway, we're not even talking about that. But then, you know, that was missing from the second movie. And then, by the way, I have a theory about uh, the new remake of Mortal Kombat, and that's because there's a mole in Warner Brothers who is there to intentionally spike their movies. That's the only way it makes sense for why they would completely have this happen with the new Mortal Kombat movie, right? I'm so mad about it. Like, you know what? I can't, I, we're not going to talk about that, but we will say that the original movie is still good, still good to this day. It really does hold up well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've, you've obviously, I mean, I, I love the fact that you're such a fan that you, you know, you, you came into it with so much experience and then you've obviously kept up to date with it. What are your thoughts of what they've done with your characters? Like, or, I mean, I call them your characters because you made them so iconic, but you know, making Shao, what they did with them 11. And then, you know, even in Mortal Kombat one going through and turning him into a general. Now, what, what are your thoughts about all that? Honestly, I like it. I, I mean, they had to reinvent the game, right? I mean, again, this is a, this is one of the most successful properties of all time. You're not just going to let that go to waste, right? You're going to, again, it's also a business, so they've got to make money. But they've done a masterful job of keeping it fresh, right? Again, when you introduce Kotal Khan, really cool concept. It's a very, very cool concept. But then when you have Shao Khan come and take it back, even better. And then when Liu Kang wins the Mortal Kombat, the, the entire tournament, and becomes a god, and this is his new universe, now we're also getting through the whole multiverse thing and like the similarities and, you know, like it's meta, right? It's totally meta and it's cool. Yeah. I love how they kept it fresh. And 
that's where I say General Shao, brilliant concept, really cool story. I wish it hadn't been a digital voice, but that's okay. <laughs> Besides that, I, I love what they're doing with it. You know, I, I absolutely love the, the storyline of MK1. So, how, how about Baraka? I mean, obviously, he's taken quite the shift. Yes. Again, I'm very happy about that, too, right? Because, again, for so long, it was just, you know, ah, Baraka the monster. And now you've given them like a backstory. You've given them a whole reason, a tragic backstory, a tragic uh, reason, right? The disease and everything. And just made it look so much. It's so much. And they took it from already a strong character to this. And now, like, it's a reason to play and root for Baraka, you know, not just as a villain, but as a hero. So I love that. Totally love that. That's where I say, like, story is the most important thing any of anything, right? And it's masterful yeah. what they have done. So, again, as a fan, I love MK1. I absolutely recommend that everybody play it. But even if you don't play it, just watch it. It's amazing, right? I mean, it's an amazing movie to watch on YouTube. Just enjoy the whole thing. All the storylines. Let me go ahead and say, watch all of the storylines, because depending on who you're following, it changes. With, with this passion in mind, I think I know the answer to my question. But... Could you see yourself returning to the franchise at some point? Of course. I don't even need a half a second to say that. Of course. As a matter of fact, I did reach out to the voice director just to, to introduce myself to him and just to say hello. But again, anytime you're dealing with different projects, different video games, all of that, right? Typically, because again, in circles, we usually call upon those that are in our circles. And so, you know, based on every number of things, um, Different directors are going to work with their favorite actors. They're going to work with the favorite yeah. people that resonate with them. So even though I wasn't in this, I could still appreciate it. And then down the road, of course, I would love to be a part of this without question. You know, it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. You know, like, I mean, this, obviously, like Dragon Ball, One Piece, Avatar. See, I'm not even an Avatar, right? And again, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. I love mm -hmm. Legend of Korra. I love the way that, now that's another one where the first time I watched Legend of Korra, I, again, I was hardcore team Aang. First time I got, I watched it, I was like, all right, it's okay. But here's the beauty and the brilliance of the creators of the world of Avatar. They forced an entire generation of fanboys to mature and to grow. Mm -hmm. Because the second time I watched Legend of Korra, I was like, how did I sleep on this? This is incredible, right? And it's she's an amazing dealing with show. different, without question. She's dealing with different challenges. She's dealing with so much more in a different way than what Aang was dealing with. And so that's where you see the maturity of that, you know? And that's where, again, when it comes to fandom, and I'm all about different people, and I respect their different fandoms. You know, I mean, again, I, I love fandom, pop culture of, of all types. Generally, though, we get kind of locked in on, you know, one or two of our generations, and then we don't always grow. So the courage that those creators showed to take that entire series and then move a hundred years, you know, and in the future and, and now they're doing it again. And this is the part that excites me. Honestly, I'm glad it didn't work out with Netflix because I love the fact that they went back to Nickelodeon and I love the fact that Nickelodeon yep. is now like, Hey, do whatever you want. And so they're giving them all the creative freedom that they want, right? There's going to be like SpongeBob SquarePants and the world of Avatar. They're going all in. And so I love that. I'm excited about it. I'm also excited about the fact that, again, when it comes to like creative courage, the fact that they 
broke the world and made MK1. You know, I mean, again, they 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 broke the story and they they're retelling it. It's kind of like again, like with Marvel, right? When you had the whole Infinity War saga. You know, I mean, the fact that yeah. when you've got your billion dollar franchises turning to dust and ash, right? Whether it was Black Panther or Spider-Man and like, and then, mm-hmm. you know, that was this generation's Empire Strikes Back, right? Where the bad guys win, mm-hmm. but that just made the next movie so much more amazing. So yeah. the people who are in charge of creativity right now, they're brilliant. I absolutely love them. I just wish that some of the executives at Warner Brothers would trust their animation team more and let them carry the ball and run with whatever live action run movies loose. they're going to do. Yes, yes. Well, with with Mortal Kombat <clears throat> 1 and, I mean, potential future content as well as future games, obviously mm-hmm. you said you'd return. Are there any specific characters you would love to voice like that you feel you could make your own, really? Scorpion. If, if we're not going to do Shao Kahn, then absolutely Scorpion. As much as I love Raiden, Richard F. Carr for me is always, you know, he is great. <laughs> and I love Richard. He's amazing. Yeah, Scorpion. And then also, again, Warner Brothers Animation. Was it Scorpion's Revenge? It was brilliant, mm-hmm. right? Again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let, let them direct the entire live action franchise. Just give them all the money they want and let them run with it. Now, having said that, going back to Mortal Kombat, the video game. Yeah, absolutely. Shao Kahn. Scorpion. Oh, why am I going blank on his name? Garrus. Totally. Garrus. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I've thought about cosplay. I mean, you... Oh, totally should. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm a better you, show. Already... In all seriousness, I'm not much better show. <laughs> but you've already shown us that you can, I mean, you did the come here and I thought it was Ed Boon. Right. <laughs> you've got the voice ready yeah. for Scorpion too. Again, from the time I was, what? 17, I, again, that was like the most iconic resonating voice for me. And yeah, I absolutely could, I can and have done Scorpion. Again, I love Patrick Seitz, so I didn't mind when he was doing it. And what was it? It was MK versus, what was it? MK versus, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so Patrick Seitz did that one. I was okay with it, but yeah. Again, I love Patrick, so I get it. But yeah, I would always love to do Scorpion. Without question, that would be great. So for those of our listeners that, uh, for, for those of our viewers that are listening in right now, do you have any advice for those who want to become voice actors themselves? Anything that might have been shared with you in the past? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I've got a teaching and production studio where I teach aspiring creatives to become working creatives. And I am very proud of the fact that my students are now my neighbors and they are booking because my studio also casts. So like we send out the video games and animation, you know, everything from Nickelodeon projects to Smite projects. So some of my students are now my competition and I'm even losing out to them in certain video games. So I'm very proud of that fact. But yes, I teach aspiring creative. So check out neighborhoodstudioatlanta.com, neighborhoodstudioatlanta.com. But in terms of wanting to be a voice actor, now, first of all, there's a difference between being a voice talent and a voice actor. Voice talents are very good at being different facets of themselves whether it's being cool or being compassionate or being authoritative or being sincere or being uh, whatever it is in terms of commercial and corporate narration and that sort of thing, right? And when it comes to being an actor, you gotta be able to act. And especially when it comes to video games and anime, you've gotta be able to express those non-verbals as a different character. You are completely not yourself. So you wanna make sure that you take some acting lessons. You also want to take some improv comedy lessons because it's fun, but you need to be able to act and express yourself. And most importantly, the most important 
trait that you need when it comes to any kind of voiceover, more than having any kind of a good voice. It's not about having a good voice. If Gilbert Gottfried can be a successful voice talent, then anybody can be a successful voice talent. But it's about giving the director what he or she wants when he or she wants it. So first of all, you have to make sure that you're listening. Give the director what they want when they want it. And then when it comes to acting, you've got to be able to act. So you've got to be expressive. you got to feel comfortable in terms of being expressive. And that's where a lot of times people are uncomfortable when it comes to being expressive. And they, they're too confined and restrained, right? Because we're afraid of being judged all the time. So it's about expanding your comfort zone. And that's where improv comedy can help. And then also understanding that you're a, a small business owner. And so I have to help people understand this is a business as well. You know, now again, true mastery makes it look easy. But like I just described, when it comes to animation and, and specifically with anime, anime and live announcing are the two most difficult aspects of voiceover, of all voiceover. And so there are many different ways to be a successful voice talent. If you find the one that works for you, great. As long as you're not hurting anybody else, you do you right? But I help people actually do what they need to do in order to become successful working voice talents and voice actors, because everybody comes into the business from different life experiences and they have different goals within the business as well. Also, when it comes to anime, well, for video games, you can, you can work from all over the world because as long as you've got a good internet connection and a good quality space to record at home and, and good soundproofing. Yeah, you know, COVID changed a lot of things for a lot of people. So as long as you have the ability to act and you can take direction on command and you do have that expressiveness and you do have an understanding of what's needed, you can do video games from all over the world. I've done a video game where the sound designer was in Australia and the production crew was in Europe. And then at other times I've recorded where a video game, the director was in LA and then the producers were in Japan. So, you know, working 12 hours apart, 12 and 13 hours apart. So video games, you can do those all over the world. With anime, much more specific. And typically because of that fast turnaround time, they're much more geocentric. So that's where you usually want to be either in New York or Dallas or LA. And I'm still trying to do my part here in Atlanta to build up an anime uh, production studio. So I've produced... Uh, a couple of series, I'm in negotiations right now and trying to make Katakawa come back to the negotiating table because I've got this amazing project that if I could just get them to just sign off on, I can get this thing sold and it's going to be huge, huge. So we'll see. That's exciting. And I'm really hoping for the best for all of this because yeah. everything you Thank just you. said to me is it like, it comes back to what we said about passion. You, you have that passion, you have that drive Thank and you. you really want to make these things happen. So it's yes. really cool to see. And Thank you. Got fingers crossed for you. Thank you very um, much. Just, so, Bob, before we let you go, I have to ask, what is your favorite Mortal Kombat finish? Of all time? That's tough. I mean, obviously, you've got the Raiden, electrification, the exploding head. Oh, man. Sub-Zero ripping the spine, the head and spine off. Now ripping the heart out. <laughs> Shao Kahn smashing people in with uh, the, the, the hammer. You know what? MK1, I got to give it up to Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Johnny Cage, the Lambo is hilarious. Man. Crazy. Oh, yeah. oh, I love, oh, I love watching all the finishing moves just on YouTube, just going on and just like, especially when I've had like a stressful day and I just need to kind of vent. Yeah. That's my therapy. That's a little bit of cathartic therapy for me is I'll just watch some of those finishing moves and some of the x-ray breaks. Oh, I love it. Totally love it. 
I am so blown away by the creativity, right? The creative originality of each of the artists. And again, the storytellers, because they're, these guys have demented imagination. I didn't think many people had an imagination as sick and twisted as Stephen King, but these guys can compete. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which by the way, you know, they always bring in celebrities and, and, you know, the different franchises or whatever. My, my hope for MK1, like when they start bringing in the celebrity cameos and things like that, I have to admit, I like uh -huh. Rambo and the Terminator. I want them to bring in Stephen King and like, you know, like have his mind open up <laughs> and have his nightmares come out and grab people. Right. So imagine his nightmare come to life and you're going to get like it, you know, like this demonic clown on and then like pet cemetery, like that runs down and scratches, you know, just crazy stuff. Right. But imagine Stephen King as one of the MK1 characters. That would be awesome. <laughs> this is such a coincidence because I just watched, I just watched it last night. Like, okay. so this is such a coincidence. Who knows what we might get, you know, Ed Boone has hinted right. at in the past, maybe Pennywise and stuff like that. Yes. So, yeah. It could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. Or Jigsaw. But I mean, again, imagine having like some of the authors from some of the different franchises, yeah. but especially like Stephen King. He's just so iconic. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> so Bob, before we let you go, where can our listeners find you? Or, or do you have anything that you'd like to plug on our show? Yes, as a matter of fact, and you guys can follow me on Instagram, Carter Game. I'm all things Carter Game. So whether it's Carter Game on Instagram or on Twitter or X now, the Neighborhood Studio Atlanta also gets me. And then um, what else? Uh, as far as plugging goes, well, let's see. Yes, Asgard's Wrath 2 coming out December 15th. Uh, the reason to buy the MetaQuest 3. Very, very proud of that. And then I've got some video games that I'm working on as well. I can't talk about those, but those are exciting. And then let's see, what else can we talk about? Can I talk about that yet? No, never mind. That's the big one that I can talk about. You know, it's always tough when we hear into those NDAs, you know, in terms of what we can talk yeah. about and mm -hmm. can't talk about. So, yeah, so there you go. All right. Well, we will be leaving links to your social media in Thank the you. description of the video, wherever Thank this you. airs. Yeah, And I just want to say thank you firstly to all of our listeners for stopping by the Realmcast. And thank mm -hmm. you, at this point, more importantly, <laughs> thank you very I'm much, Bob you guys, Carter. You know what? Just because it's you guys, I'm going to give out something that I never give out. If oh. you find a guy, Carnage, K-A-R-N-A-J, on whether it's Twitch or Xbox or anything like that, that will be me playing video games. I have very limited time nowadays to do that. But you know, like that's, that's what I've got going on. So like, actually right now I'm not playing a bunch of competitive games, but if you ever see that name, you know, on MK1 online or anything like that, just know you're, you're about to get rocked. I'm going to search for you now and beat you with Shao Kahn. <laughs> you can try, you can try. Bob, thank you so much for joining the thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the road. Like yeah. You can find Yanni and myself, Phantom, on the Mortal Comic Group on Facebook, as well as on all our social media pages at Realmcast. You can also join our official Discord channel hosted on Mortal Kombat Online server through the link in the description, where we discuss Mortal Kombat along with our listeners. Special thanks to our editions for their continued support, as well as Collector's Maze, who brings you all things geek. You can find Collector's Maze across all social media platforms, so be sure to follow them for some great content where every turn is a new adventure. The Realmcast is the official podcast of Mortal Kombat Online. You can catch up on all episodes of The Realmcast on YouTube, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and MortalKombatOnline.com. Thank you.
pathetic work. 